Welcome to the Rebel Energy Podcast with me, your host, Jade Ellsbury. I'm a corporate dropout and multiple six-figure online business owner. My mission is to help you get out of the nine-to-five mindset and create a new narrative for moms working from home to gain more freedom, more income, and living your dream life by cultivating your own rebel energy. So grab a glass of wine, get comfy, and let's dig in. Hi, Rebels. I am so excited you guys are back here with me today, and I'm very excited for this guest speaker. Her name is Elise Coulson, and actually, before we even hit record, I was like, okay, I recognize your name. Um, I've been in the online space for like five, six years now, and so there's just names that like you kind of just see pop up, like, and you don't really know where. So our our paths have kind of crossed. And so we kind of had to have that, like, how do we know each other before the podcast, which was awesome. So Elise is a business coach for service providers. Her and I actually started off the same as a virtual assistant. So Elise, do you want to give them a little bit of background on where you started at and what you're currently doing right now? For sure. I would love to. So I the thing that I love about my story and my journey, um, is really that like, it has not been linear at all. And I struggled a lot. And I think that is part of the story that like nobody really talks about. You see like, cool, I started as a VA and now here I am as a business coach for other service providers. And we just assume that it's all been like happy and hunky-dory for the last five years. And that is most definitely not the truth. So like, I am an introvert by nature. I reaching out to people is not like my go-to thing. And I started my career as a teacher and transitioned into being a school administrator. And so like, that was the thing that I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then I had kids like so many of us do. And it was like, holy crap, this is not what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yes. And so I found myself in this space of like, I want to work from home, but I absolutely still need to be able to support my family. How the heck am I going to do this? And so I started a VA business. And the funniest part is like, I didn't even really realize that I was starting a business. Like I knew I was, but like, didn't really know I was. And it took me a long time. It took me a good year to really start seeing momentum in my business. For a lot of like, I'm an introvert. And so reaching out to people was not a natural thing. And I came up as a teacher. And so like, we didn't have any marketing training when I was in school. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) so here I was in this space of like doing the things like in quotes, right? You're networking in Facebook groups, but I wasn't really pushing my, my own boundaries and actually reaching out to people and actually forming relationships. And so it took me a while. But then I started gaining some momentum in my business and it was going really well and I was getting really excited. I was going to quit my school administrator job at the end of that school year. So it was it would essentially be two years after I started my business and things were going really well and I was gaining all of these clients and I was finally getting to that like income goal that I needed to get to in order to quit my job. And then I lost two thirds of my clients in about a month. Which I feel all, I mean, I don't want to say it always happens, but I see that happen very often. So, and I I know why, but I want to hear 
why that happened with you or why you think that happened. So (laughs) you got to do a lot of like self-reflecting, right? And you have to be okay with the fact that like, I am not perfect, nor does this like mean something about me. I can't actually fix these things. And so one of the big things that I was doing is like, I had niched down, but like not really. I told people I was helping them with like organizing the back end of their businesses, but I wasn't actually doing that for any of my clients. I was doing more like content stuff and social media stuff and really applying for jobs that I was like, I could totally do that work versus like niching down. So that was a big thing. And I was collecting clients. I was so incredibly focused on the income goal that I wasn't taking care of my clients. And so in the matter of a month, to them, I really was just an expense. I was barely doing the work that I said I would do for them. And when push came to shove, it was like, cool, well, you know, you're an expense on my expense sheet. I guess I can let you go. And that was definitely a shot to the ego and has now put me in this position to know how to create a client experience and client retention that allows for you to like keep your clients and treat them really, really well. Oh, I love that. And I think, and I I love that you touched on that as well too, because I see, and that was like one of the two things I was going to bring up is number one, right? You become so money-driven or like income or goal, which I mean, that was me as well too, was like, oh my gosh, I got to 3K, now I need 4K. And I think I was so focused on like exactly the same thing that I lost a lot of my clients. The other thing I know for me as well too, was I was putting their businesses ahead of my own. So I wasn't doing- Oh, for sure. I mean- Yeah, that I needed to be doing. And so I love that you brought that up. And obviously, right, that's what this episode is about, is the client experience. So when was that pivot for you? Or like, when did you decide like, this is like my expertise of like that client experience? Like, when did you pivot into like that business coaching role? So after I lost two thirds of my clients, I niched down. I was like, cool, I'm going to need to like actually do the thing um, and serve my clients well and like make sure I'm taking care of my clients, which part of what we don't really talk about is like a lot of that has to do with like how much you're charging for your services. Yeah. Like one of the biggest things that I implemented was this minimum that I was charging my clients in order to serve them because for as much as like I could take on a client for like one or two hours a month and that they would pay me like a hundred bucks, like a $50 an hour rate is not something to shy away from. However, it's going to take you a lot of clients to get to the income that you need to do. And managing that many clients is not going to set anybody up for success. Yeah, and it's so, not a client experience. Yeah. We're going to be I mean, going crazy. <laughs> no joke. People would ask me when I was in the midst of like collecting all of those clients, how many clients I had. And I would have to sit there and like count them. Oh, no, no. This no. is not okay. <laughs> right? Oh, how do I even know what's happening in all of their businesses? And so I niched down. Um, I actually became a content manager and did content repurposing. That was like my my main focus. And I loved it. I was really good at it. And then I was able to book out my business. I was making consistent 5K months 
no big deal. I had five clients that I was serving and it was really, really great. And so I'm like three to five, babe, like any more than that. I think at one time I had six and that was just way too much for me. It is. It's really hard to manage people. If you are ready to have rebel energy and launch your virtual assistant business, then head over to basictobookedout.com to get started. This is the thing that that we tend to forget as service providers, right? Like we think it's just about the service that you're providing, but it's not. Yeah. That's the that's the piece that come that's where client experience comes into play is like managing that client and taking really great care of them is also part of what you're doing for your clients. And that's not a line item on a proposal that you can send to somebody. Nope. And can we talk about too, even as you're growing your team, whether you're a virtual assistant and coach, that's one thing that I stress so much. And, um, you know, and my clients are so great as well too. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my gosh, we have this perfect business. Like when I'm training someone new and I'm training them. So for example, Sydney, one of our amazing clients, she went through RSA and now she's still doing one-on-one coaching. And during RSA, my OBM at the time had like messed up her like payment or something like that. And I ju- I was like, oh my gosh, like client experience, there's no way she's going to want to continue. I mean, obviously I was very apologetic, you know? Okay. So what, we, what ended up happening is she got double charged and I felt so freaking bad because I know a lot of my clients, you probably feel this way too. Um, when you, you know, a lot of my clients like RSA is a big investment for them. They don't mm-hmm. have the extra, you know, few hundred dollars oh. lying around for that payment. And I knew Sydney's um, situation as well, too. And so I was so apologetic and I'm like, okay, like, you know, for our next team meeting, I'm like, what do we need to do like system to put in place where this doesn't happen again? And I think as a leader in your business as well, to even VAs bringing on someone else, I think finding someone else that is as passionate about your business is going to be very important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing that as a service provider, you have to keep in mind too. You have to, you are both entrepreneurial because you are building your own business. And as you step in as the service provider in their business, as part of their team, you also have to be entrepreneurial. You have to be integrated into their business and you do have to care about the work that they are doing and how what you are doing is creating a better experience for your clients' clients. And so if you can keep those things in mind, then it's easier to stay on track of what you're doing and how you're serving people. And so after I finally was able to book out my business, the thing that I wanted to do was create a course, which is... (laughs) Now all of the service providers get to the point where you're like, cool, I did the thing. Now I just want to teach everybody else how to do it. And I was talking to my marketing coach and she was like, like there's all kinds of VA coaches who will help you start your VA business. But what about everybody who gets past that beginning point, but isn't quite ready to the point of like wanting to scale their business? Like who is helping those people? And so I was like, you know what? You're right. There's, There's nobody really just in that space of of wanting to help the people in the middle, in that messy middle of like wanting to create consistent income in your business that's reliable and doesn't need you to 
constantly be bringing in new clientele all of the time and exhausting yourself and all of those different pieces. So then my coaching business was born. And a big part of building consistent income and a sustainable business has everything to do with creating this really great client experience for yep. your clients. Client and I knew that was that was the biggest click that needed to happen when I went from like, holy crap, do I even continue doing my business because now I've lost two thirds of my clients? Like, can I actually do this thing? To fully stepping into my expertise, part of that piece is providing this great client experience. I love that. So when you were, you know, becoming this expert in it, was a lot of it just trial and error or self-taught or was it, I mean, I know we've already talked about Melanie Aubert. She's amazing. That's how we figured out we knew each other, guys, because I worked with Melody for a while and so did Elise. And we obviously both had amazing client experiences with Melanie because we love her. But tell me a little bit about, you know, what, because I think that's one thing that, especially for new VAs, they're like, I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert at social media. I'm not an expert at DMing your lead. So how did you become an expert in this? Great question. So one of the big things that I did, as I mentioned, like I was working with like nine different clients and I had took a look at the services I was actually providing and the services that I had provided for the last 18 months of my business and asked myself, like, what do I actually enjoy doing? And one of my, not one of my very first client that I worked with, she actually helped me because of the work that I had done for her create the framework that I used to help my clients with content repurposing because that's the thing that we did. And I was like, I actually really enjoyed that. And when we were doing the strategy together, that made a lot of sense. And then this like repurposing content just makes sense for how to create content for other people. Holy crap. Like, why am I not making this as easy as I possibly can for myself? And so it came from a place of I, what are the things that I've already done and what do I feel like I'm good at? And so if you're a brand new virtual assistant, you got to go do things. You're not going to find your expertise sitting and thinking about it and looking through a checklist. You've got to go serve people. Yeah. And then you will land in this space of like, what do I actually enjoy? How do I serve people in a way that like makes me feel good? But I also know that I have an impact on people. And then your expertise comes into view. The thing that I have found and run into with a lot of the different service providers that I have worked with is even after they've done things for a while, there's still that imposter syndrome that creeps in of like, well, I'm not an expert. I haven't done this and that. I've only been doing bookkeeping for two years. What about all those people who've been doing it for like 10 years? (laughs) Listen, (laughs) right? Being an expert doesn't mean that you have all of the answers. Being an expert means that you know more than your clients do or you're willing to do it in a more processed way than your clients are doing it. I love that you brought that up because... I remember even when I was doing, no, I have my co-coaches coach everyone in RSA. But when I was doing one-on-one coaching in RSA, you know, I'd be like, okay, make your title this. I'm like, but but I'm not an expert. I'm like, I just learned something from you. Like one of my clients, she was actually creating content. Um, and that was like her zone of genius. I'm like, you just taught me something on this coaching call. And I think 
to admitting that you don't know every single thing. And and I think that there's a lot of business coaches out there that put on this facade of like, I know everything about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's times people post questions in Rockslot Academy about what's the best platform to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I don't know anymore. Four years ago, five years ago, when I was working as a virtual assistant, I would have known that now I'm out of the game. So Probably. I'll go and take other people and like, hey, do you have any recommendations for her? And that's the beauty of being in like a group coaching community space is like one-on-one coaching is amazing and super helpful. It'll help you go really fast. And having the group coaching community aspect of it allows everybody else to really lean in on each other. And you can't build a business by yourself. You, you just can't. You need other support and community to do it. So what is one thing that you would say if a new virtual assistant was coming to you like, hey, I want to make sure that, you know, my clients are having a great experience. What are like some key points that you think they need to hit on or do like every week or every month just to ensure that? The biggest thing, and no matter what point in your business that you're at, is communicating with your clients. Yes. A lot of service providers in general, we tend to be over deliverers. We want, we think that like to create a really great client experience, we have to do all of the things and that leads to scope creep and it leads to people pleasing. And that actually doesn't create a really great client experience. It actually creates a really negative experience. Yeah. Especially when you reach the point of like being burnt out and you have to pull back a little bit, then you've created this expectation with your clients that like, you'll just do whatever they want you to do. Yeah. And now you're not doing that thing. And now they think that like you're slacking off. Like you don't understand. I'm doing way more than I'm supposed to be doing. A big thing that you can do is communicate, commute, over communicate. I have never met anybody who communicates too much, especially in business. We tend to under communicate because we don't want to be. They're busy or totally. One thing I will say too. And and I want to hear, like, if even if your opinion differs than mine, <laughs> but one thing I will say is make sure to, like, yes, let them know what's going on. Keep them posted, especially, like, when I was doing virtual summits, I communicated a lot more with them because they had 21 guests and I was doing everything. I was building the website, making the graphics, totally over the marketing templates to them, making sure they send the contract editing the video, like, I mean, literally project manager, there are so many details. I had to do that. But then when I started to work with fitness coaches, and you know, I'd just be doing like their lead gen or, you know, managing like one thing, I didn't need to, you know, communicate with them as much. So like, I would just like, you know, maybe end of the week report or something because it kind of is a slippery slope into being micromanaged from what, you know, my experience was, was then if I didn't send them the end of the day report because they didn't need one, they're like, well, what did you do today? I'm like, oh no, like what did I start? So what are your thoughts on that? So here's the the thing that I would say, and you, you touched on it a little bit. You do not need to be communicating with your clients every single day in most instances, I'm sure there's an instant where communicating with them daily is important, especially if you're in the middle of a big project, like a summit or whatever. They yeah. need to know when certain things are happening, what pieces are missing. The other thing that I will say about communication is it doesn't necessarily have to be a direct communication line. 
You can use things like Asana to communicate with like what tasks have been done because you're checking things off or having some sort of project management tool that allows your clients to know what's getting done, even if you're not directly telling them like, here are the things that I did today. Sending them a weekly report or a report at the end of each part of a project. So like if you're doing web design, when one piece of the project is finished, sending a quick updated report of like, here's where we're at. This is what things look like. Here's what the next step is. You have to be the leader in that communication tool. And you being the leader in communicating what's happening and what's next is going to make your clients feel much more confident in the work that you're doing. I love that so much. And even looking at my team, you know, Kat does my content repurposing. Michelle does my lead gen. So since they've got their one thing, I mean, I talk to them on my team call every week, but I don't hear from them (laughs) and I, I don't need to. And even with Kat, we use ClickUp and she'll put all my posts in there, you know, for the week. And, you know, when she first started on, you know, I'd look over and, you know, sometimes I'll look at the call to action or the first, but usually I just approve, approve, approve because she's been in my business. She's literally blow my mind. I don't need to babysit her. And then, you know, my growth advisor who does my sales calls, she sends me an end of the day report, which is great because then I don't have to go, okay, you know, did this person sign up? Where are we at with this lead? I know every single day. And then Colleen, who's my online business manager, she does 30 hours a week for me and my business. So like we communicate a lot just because there's so many other things. So I still wanted to break that down for the listeners so they can kind of see, okay, you know, if you're just doing lead gen, maybe you don't need to do that. And Michelle communicates with me every week by just putting in the number of leads that she brought into my business every single week. And that's all that really needs done. Exactly. And so, like I said, like communication doesn't necessarily have to be a conversation back and forth. It really just is like, here's where I'm going to be putting the information. You go in and check it on this day and let me know if you have any feedback. Like that's what I used to do with my content repurposing clients as well. Is like I would let them know that I would have content done on Wednesdays and that they needed to go in and approve the the caption and the graphics by Thursday so that I could schedule them out on Friday. And so there didn't have to be a lot of back and forth because we were using a tool that allowed us to go in and see what the other person had done. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of times virtual assistants, you know, like they'll have those clients that are just constantly blowing. I mean, I know I had clients like that where they thought they had to, you know, constantly blow up my box or whatever, but it was usually the ones where, you know, at first I would just kind of, again, you know, set up that precedent of like, I need to tell you every single day what's going on. And then as I grew with their business, I'm like, no, we actually, that was actually like, even like the boxer messages back and forth. I'm like, that's using up so much of their package with me. And it's, you know, we mm-hmm. don't, we don't really need that. And I think too, knowing how each client operates. So for me, um, you know, my, my team members will tell you, I'm very much more like hands-off, like Mm-hmm. Once you're trained, you've got my trust. I don't like to micromanage because I was a VA and I had clients like that and I hated that. <laughs> so oh, and they know too that like I'm really busy. So they only come to me with things that are pressing, urgent matters. Absolutely. And that's that I ultimately as a business owner, like that's what you want. You yes. want to be able to hand things off to your team who can go and confidently do the work without having to check in with you constantly and be like, am I doing this right? 
go do your thing. And do the people that micromanage, I'm like, you know, when I was a virtual assistant, I'm like, this is what you're paying me for. Like, right. you are so far up my ass right now. You could just be doing it yourself. Like, why are you paying me to do it? <laughs> so I think like setting as well too, and my growth advisor kind of like reminded me of this in our team call um, on Monday. And I was like, oh, that's such a great point where she was like setting up client expectations. Like even for us in RSA, I think, you know, with my my team and my co-coaches, I think that's kind of something that like fell through the cracks that like we used to be really diligent on like that first call saying, hey, like this is what we're doing. These are the expectations. We expect you to show up for your calls on time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So is that something that like you teach your clients as well too is like setting those expectations up front so that way they know, you know, what that journey working together is going to look like? A thousand percent. Your client experience starts before somebody starts working with you. Your client experience starts from the moment they find you on social media or have an interaction with you through a referral that's being sent your way. Like your client experience, if you set it up correctly in the very beginning, will make your client retention almost seamless, like almost effortless because you have set those expectations and those boundaries and you they know when to expect communication from you that there isn't a lot of micromanaging that necessarily is happening or they're not wondering when they're going to be getting a report from you or what things are supposed to look like. And the hardest part about creating expectations and boundaries is that then you have to hold them. But if you do hold them, and especially from the very beginning, then you don't have as much of that scope creep because they know what to expect from you. Yeah, I love that. And that's one thing that we we teach as well too, you know, with my co-coaches and our RSA clients is, you know, for example, Voxer support. You know, I remember when I brought on my first co-coach and she was, you know, just like always responding really quickly. I'm like, and you know, she was like, well, I'm I'm spending like two hours a week in Voxer with these clients. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, <laughs> like you are setting yourself up for failure because the one time you know, you're on back-to-back calls and you're not able to get back to them or you don't have the time to send a five-minute long voice message, which, guys, that's not what Voxer's for. You're just setting yourself up for the next 12 weeks. And by the end of 12 weeks, you're just going to be burned out, exhausted, and you're doing them a disservice as well too. Yes, you know, we want to support you, but we, we need to give them a little bit of time to maybe kind of think it through on their own or figure it out on their own besides just, because what's going to happen at the end of 12 weeks? They're not going to have you there. They need to kind of right. figure out how to do it on their own until you do respond to them. Totally. Yeah. And, and that's the hard part about being a coach, right? Like I'm here to support you, but I can't do your business for you. Yes. And so I can answer questions. And at the end of the day, you actually have to go do and run your business. Wait, and- you have to log into their Facebook and message them about them? <laughs> oh man, you know, I, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm like, I cannot show up for you. I can't go on your stories and right. you know wear a mask and look like you and do it for you. Like you have to do it. So I love that. So what's one thing that you want to leave the listeners with, or something that we didn't talk on that you think is gonna be really valuable for them? Good question. I mean, we hit on the big tip of like make sure you're communicating often and make sure you give, create a structure for yourself. Make this easy for yourself. Make things as simple as freaking possible as you can. 
we tend to think that like simplicity is going to make our clients think that we're like not doing anything. And it actually creates a very clean sense of trust with your clients if things are really simple and they know what to expect from you. Yeah. And it's so easy to retain them because they know what to expect from you. And you have created this simple framework for yourself, a simple process that you actually can carry out even in the busiest of your week. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that we do too, is we tend to set really high expectations for ourselves and like wanting to show up super duper well when we get a brand new client, like do all these things yes. and amaze the heck out we of feel them. like we need to like prove ourselves, you know, like Literally. when I was like a new coach, I was like, I have oh to gosh. like more modules, more time, right? you know, all this. and it's just, it's so hard to keep up with that. And, and I think too, then, you know, if you do, like I mentioned before, if you do have a busy day or something, then it's like they're let down. And not only that too, but my business coach that I was working with, she had a such great point where, you know, one of her clients previously was with a coach that was like, uh, I don't know if this was like her only client or what this coach is like, client or what, but she'd like and comment on every single post of this client. So then when she started to work with my business coach, she was like, I don't feel supported by you. And the coach was like, well, why is that? Well, you don't like or comment on my post. And the coach was like, is me commenting or liking on your posts going to help you get clients? She was right. like, no. So she's like, it's yeah. nice that she could do that. But also too, that coach set a very, very high bar. And, it, you know, she doesn't have the capacity to like and comment on every single post for this client. Totally. Totally. One of the big things that I do with my clients is we put packages together, but they're value-based packages, not hourly-based packages. And so one of the things that we look at is like, cool, what are the things that your potential clients find the most valuable? Because those are the things that we want to make sure in your packages, all of the other fluffy crap that you could do is not creating a great client experience. It's setting you up for failure, especially when you have times that it's like, well, I have family coming into town or, you know, you have some big, huge thing that happens and you can't perform at the way that you can when you have this wide open schedule and maybe only one client and then you start to gain more clients, you can't keep that up. Yeah. And so what are the things that bring the most value to your client's business? Those are the things that you focus on. Those yeah. are the things that they actually want from you. They don't want all the fluffy crap anyway. Like the one, I remember one coach I worked with and she was so sweet. But again, my my VA coach said, an amazing high bar, right? She was there, answered, supportive, sweet, loved her. And for like a month or two after, she's like, well, you can continue to work with me. But I was like, oh, that's like almost half my monthly income. You know, I'm like, mm, I'll, I'll try to find another business coach. So I found one for, I think like two or 300 bucks a month. So guys, if you find a business coach for 300 bucks a month, don't do it. But, um, you know, she had the prettiest Instagram. She had this amazing welcome packet when I got onboarded with her and the support was awful. I could have told her I was going to quit my VA business and be a rodeo clown. And she'd be like, what? go do it. She was more of a cheerleader versus like giving me business strategy. And so like, that's why now with my clients, you know, in their VA business, I'm like, you don't need some big fancy welcome packet. Like if you want to, and you want to spend hours to do that, sure. But I'm like, that, like they've already decided to work with you. They don't give two shits about a pretty welcome packet. I don't even think I went through the whole welcome packet with her. Um, they care about the client journey and the experience, not like what you said, the pretty Absolutely. fluffy shit. Like that's just honestly a waste of time. 
Totally. Totally. It's the value. Yeah. Always the value. So, <laughs> value and keep it simple. Like, like just keep it simple. Yes. The more simple it is, the better time you will have executing it and the more value they will see in it. Oh my gosh, I love it. See Rebels, I'm not full of shit. The last four seasons, I've been telling you, keep it stupid simple. I do know what I'm talking about. I love that you're just like reiterating what I've already been talking about. It's awesome. But I, I think our listeners are gonna have so much value from this, this. And I know too, like you are an expert. And I know it's because, you know, again, that trial and error, our stories are so similar, actually, now that I'm listening to them, like, it's crazy creepy, but <laughs> I think too, we had to go through that struggles to find our thing, right? Like your sure. experience, mine is like teaching VAs, like what to do, what not to do mm-hmm. through my two years of hell. So you're welcome, guys. <laughs> um, but I, I thank you so much, Elise. Now, if any of our listeners awesome. want to follow you on Instagram, what is your Instagram handle? So my Instagram handle is Elise underscore Colson underscore. And you're going to want to make sure you spell it correctly because there are two L's and one Y in my name. So it'll be in the show notes, I'm sure. So yeah, use that link, copy and paste, you know. And yeah, I would love to connect with you. I also created a like freebie guide, kind of like an assessment for a self-assessment. So you can look at your client experience and say like, cool, how am I doing in each of these different areas? And what things can I shift and change to make things a little bit easier? So I would love oh my to God, that's amazing, well. Elise. Thank oh, you. No, I just, I'm so excited. I want all of you to be so freaking successful that you can't handle it and that you just all are living your best lives. So oh, um, yes. the the guide is at the sustainablebusinesscollective.com slash Client dash experience dash guide. And so that link will be, I'm sure. I'm sure impressed you remember well. that. <laughs> I mean, I did write website. Down, so. I love it. So yeah, we'll <laughs> definitely put that in the show notes and your Instagram handle as well, too. Cause I obviously you give value probably on Instagram every day, like I do. So it sounds like we're both very like heart center coaches and just wanting to see you guys succeed. So Elise, thank you so much for your time today. And we will talk soon. Until next time, Rebels. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed today's show. And if you did, then please hit subscribe. And remember, you are amazing, you are worthy, and you are capable. Until next time, Rebels.